0: If you have questions running through your mind, ask Pastor Dave and he shall help you find the answers you've been looking for. All from God to life and more. Hello and welcome back to My Pastor Says, the show that is all about you and your questions about God, the Bible, and life in general. I am your host, Dave Atherton. I'm the lead pastor at Aviator Church in Derby, Kansas. uh, And I'm so excited to be back. I was actually telling somebody uh, from my church, who shall remain nameless, uh, just this last week, that we are going to be posting some more episodes and trying to get a little bit more of a regular recording schedule. And her exact quote to me was, yeah, right, you've said that for a long time now. So guess what, person whose name rhymes with Schmiffony? We are back. And not only are we back, but we're trying something new this time. Uh, If you ordinarily listen to us uh, in podcast form, that's great, we'll still be wherever podcasts are found. But we're also trying uh, this week to record uh, an episode here in my office. So if you want to, you can go to the... Aviator Church YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash aviator church. Uh, and you can see my beautiful face talking at you uh, instead of just listening to me. And some of you may say, Oh, no, we certainly don't want that. That's totally fine. You can certainly listen to the podcast as well. Uh, so we're back. We're going to be actually uh, kind of jumping back into it. Now, ordinarily, the way the show works uh, after our long hiatus, as a reminder, is uh, people will send questions to me. You can send emails to dave at aviator Again, that's dave dave at Uh, aviatorchurch.com. People can send in questions that they have and I will kind of pick and choose and we'll do a little bit of a anywhere from 10 to 30 minute dive on whatever topic it is. Uh, Today, obviously, since we're kind of just getting back to recording, I don't have any new questions. Um, And so what we're going to do today is actually deal with something that happened uh, kind of in the big c church as far as the american church uh within the last couple of weeks that i thought was fairly newsworthy uh both in general but also specific to aviator for a reason we'll get into in just a second um and then we're going to look at this issue and then answer this question the question i want to answer today is who is the church for Right Now, I know your initial response is going to be to say, well, Dave, the church is for everyone, you silly goose. Uh, And and yes, uh, kind of, I would say that's right. However, um, we're going to look at an event that happened in the news about another church, um, and we're going to talk through that and kind of determine really who is the church uh, actually for. So in order to set the stage, I need to say this. Uh, When I do teaching here at Aviator, a lot of times I will reference... um, Pastors who I either like listening to or kind of don't like listening to, and and that has less to do with personal opinion on the people uh, so much as it has to do with how they handle Scripture in general, how they handle God's Word. Um, if you come to Aviator, then you kind of know my shtick is uh, I don't get to pick and choose what the Bible says. So we walk through books of the Bible. So right now we're going through the Book of Deuteronomy, um, and I do that specifically so that I don't skip things in Scripture. Right? If if all you ever do is top teaching and you pick and choose the things that you want to talk about, then you're going to skip the things you don't want to talk about. And I don't think that's a healthy way to study God's word. I think it's an all or nothing proposition. And so... We do books of the Bible so that, in part, uh, the teaching people here at Aviators or myself or anyone who's filling in for me is obligated to deal with the entirety of what Scripture has to say about whatever issue it may be. And so, anyways, uh, as doing that, I've, I've referenced some teachers that I like, some teachers I don't like. And one of the guys who I've referenced is somebody who I listen to some uh, is a guy named Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler is at the Village Church down in Texas. Um, I don't agree with everything that Matt says. I don't, I don't agree with anything anything. or with everything anybody says if i guess i'm being honest but um but by and large uh i think he does a reasonably good job of trying to stay true to what the scripture says i think his church does a good job of teaching through the entirety of scripture um again there's definitely some things that he and i would probably differ on and if we ever sat down then we would have some differences to to discuss and to debate um Although he's much busier than I, I'm sure that will never happen. But, uh, but anyways, he's somebody who I've at least referenced from the church, and because of that, and actually last year when we did our Connect groups, um, we did uh, a study from Matt Chandler. Uh, So this is somebody who, you know, like I said, I I have endorsed somewhat from the stage, and and in our church we've listened to him, Um, and I kind of want to talk about something that happened with Chandler and his church. So for those of you who are unaware, uh, like I said, Matt Chandler is pastor of the Village Church, and I think it was two Sundays ago now um, he got up and he. He, uh announced to his church that he was going to be taking uh, a leave of absence i think is what they're calling it or he's going to be stepping down for some season uh, of ministry there for the village uh and by and large it came as a result of some communication that he had had with a church member um, that they deemed to be inappropriate and so rather than me uh walking you through this i i, I figure let's listen to the actual man himself. So we're going to take a listen to what Matt Chandler had to say to his church
1: uh, in regards to his uh, leave of absence. I'm the lead pastor of this church. I plan on being the lead pastor of this church for the next 20 years. Um, But I do need to... It's harder seeing you. Several months ago, um, a woman approached me um, outside here in the foyer. Um, she had some concerns for how I was DMing on Instagram with a friend of hers. Um, I, I didn't think I had done anything wrong in that. My wife knew that. Her husband knew that. Um, and, and yet there were a couple of things that she said that were disorienting to me. Um, And so I immediately um, came into the room. I found chairman of the elder Board Jason Swords, found Josh Patterson, other lead pastor, and said, this is what this person just told me. Uh, And then I went home. Lauren wasn't with me that night. I told Lauren, this is what was said to me um, tonight. Um, From there, uh, the elders began to look into because that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, Because we cannot be a church where anyone uh, is above the scriptures and above the high heavenly call uh, into Christ Jesus. And so they looked into um, the, the conversation between me and um, this other woman, uh, and they had some concerns. Um, and those concerns were not that our messaging was romantic or sexual. It, it was that our conversations were unguarded and unwise. And because I don't ever want there to be secrets between us, the concerns were really about frequency and familiarity we believe in brother sister relationships here Um, and yet there was a frequency that moved past that and there was a familiar familiarity that played itself out in coarse and foolish joking it's unbefitting uh, of someone in my position as a lead pastor and as an elder I'm held to a higher standard and fell short of that higher standard so, so the elders have decided, and I think they're right, that my inability to see what I was in uh, probably has some is revealing some unhealth in me. And I don't know if that's tied to the pace I run or uh, the difficulty of the last six, seven years, but I agree with them. Um, and so in their grace to me and my family um, they decided, and again, I think they're right, um, to put me on a leave of absence, um, uh, starting uh, immediately from preaching and teaching at um, the Village Church. But the Word of God holds me to a certain standard, and and I need to I need to live into that, and and I fell short. And man, I'm I'm apologizing to my family to you to all involved in this situation and. Um, I, some things I love, I love that our elders engaged at the level they did. You know how easy this would have been to make it nothing and just let me not address whatever this is. Super grateful that the elders have loved us and walked with us the way that they have. Um, super grateful for you. I'm super hopeful for what's to come in the future, but, but I need to breathe uh, and that 's both discipline both discipline and development um, and so went in time forgive me, I love you, eager for the other side of this whatever god has for so that's a little bit of a snippet of what matt
0: had to say when he addressed the church um and there was somebody else uh uh, another lead pastor who got on stage after him and kind of did a little bit more of an announcement you can find the entire video on youtube uh on the youtube link here i'll try to link the video uh in the in the comments or explanation below. But I kind of want to take a look at, at uh, that announcement and the way the church is handling it, and again, get back to the question of who is the church for, really. Um, so I, I first off wanted to start by dealing with the announcement itself. Um, I, I, of course, saw this, and then I went to Twitter, so I'm not active on social media, but I do have Um, a Twitter account for which I kind of curate to follow news. Um, I have a Facebook account so I can post on our church's page. Um, But so I went, when I saw that uh, Chandler had made this announcement, I went and looked first off at the Twitter comments, which were exactly what you would expect the Twitter comments to be. People who already had a disdain for either his church or the the Christian church in general uh, made comments about how it's just another example of a pastor who's a terrible person and it's all a scam and it's all for a money grab and all this and Uh, Some pretty terrible things were said about Chandler and about all the pastors and about all Christians in general. Uh, It was really ugly. Uh, And then the other half was people who either like Chandler or his church or are supportive of the church in general. Um, And they were looking maybe to overly defend Chandler and all that. And so I kind of want to break it down and and look at a few key elements before we look at uh, a passage that I think kind of explains why I look at this story the way that I do. And so, uh, four things I want to point out. Number one is this, uh, Chandler was approached about a potential issue. This is something that can't be overlooked. So to the woman who brought the issue to Matt Chandler, uh, like if I, I obviously don't know her, I have no idea who it is, but I, I would tell her if I ever I had the opportunity to talk to her, you handle this very, very well, which is to say you had an issue with somebody, you brought it to the person with whom you had the issue uh, in a way that it could be addressed. We look at this in Matthew 18. I'll read this to you. Um, the The heading in the ESV Bible on this is if your brother sins against you and it's Matthew 18, starting in 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, then you've gained a brother. If he does not listen to you, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by evidence of two or three witnesses. Verse 17, if he refuses to listen then, or excuse me, listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. So in Matthew 18, it kind of gives you a basic idea for how to handle conflict in the body of believers, right? So this is this is specific to people who identify themselves as Christians, followers of Christ. Uh, uh people who are in the church, Christian church, you're to take it to the person one-on-one. If that doesn't work or if they're not willing to listen, you come with two or three respected people between you uh, that are also believers. And if that doesn't work, then you take it to the church proper. And if that doesn't work, then basically this is saying you you bounce them out of there until they're ready to repent. And so first off, um, she handled this well. She came to him one-on-one. She brought the issue to him. And in his response to that, Uh, I think Matt Chandler, again, so let me preface all of this by saying, assuming everything that's being presented is as they say it is. um, He was, number two, willing to hear them and sought out those whose job it is to hold him accountable. So they have a policy or a a structure in their church. Who is it that has oversight over the pastor? Here at Aviator, uh, last year we had to rewrite our bylaws because our bylaws basically said um, that I could kind of, this is a, a massive uh uh what do you call it paraphrase, obviously, but basically it was that I could do kind of whatever I want. And the only people who had any oversight was our group of elders, but all they could really do was affect my pay. And essentially there was really no oversight on how decisions were made or on issues like this where you're having to deal with, you know, a potential uh sin issue with one of your staff members. And so anyways, they have their system in place. We've since, by the way, rewritten our bylaws, and and now we have kind of all of our structures in place there through our executive team here at the church, which is really great. And honestly, it's it's better for the church. It's better for me. It's better for everyone. Um. But anyway, so he went and immediately got the people, uh, whom he needed to notify of this, because he's his. I think he said in his response, right? Like I didn't think I'd done anything wrong, but uh, this was brought to me. It was disorienting. I, I was kind of caught off guard, and so I brought in the people who could. Who could exercise authority and accountability over me? I think that was good. Um, that was number three there. Actually, he did not believe he was in the wrong, but he submitted to the oversight nonetheless. Um, in the the speaking after Chandler stepped down, uh, the other lead pastor suggest or not suggested, but said pretty pretty bluntly that Matt Chandler had given access to all of his uh, social media, had given access to all of his email accounts and all this kind of stuff. And they hired an actual law firm to come in and do a full independent review of everything that he was doing to make sure there was no persistent sin issue that was happening there. Um, And now point number four. So number one is Chandler was approached about a potential issue one-on-one first. Number two is he was willing to hear and sought those whose job was to hold him accountable. Number three was he did not believe he was in the wrong, but he submitted to oversight nonetheless. Number four, this is important, is he's now working with his team to restore right relationships, meaning he is submitting to the authority that has been placed in the elders and in the, I assume probably some staff members, by the church. Uh, They are working out a plan by which to effectively restore him to work through whatever issues there are um, as there are as it's a sin issue to to work through the steps of, of um, confessing that sin, you know, finding forgiveness, uh, working with the people whom he's affected on this. And, and I'm sure there's other steps in there, maybe some counseling, things like that. Um, but ultimately, he is submitting to that authority to do what is necessary to try to correct the relationships and to deal with the sin issue that's there. Um, and so, again, assuming all of this is exactly what they say it is, This seems like from the outside, and again, this is subject to change in light of new information, but it kind of seems like this is the way that things should be handled, right? That if somebody in the church has made a mistake, which by the way, every single person in church makes mistakes, every single person sins, every person falls short of God's glory, uh, this is this is simply a biblical truth that's in Romans. Um, that that we try though we may, we're going to have issues, right? This is why you need accountability. This is why you need oversight, especially on church staff and leadership. But even for the the lay people in church, right? That that if we're professing to be believers, then we are professing and saying there's a certain way that we're going to strive to live our lives. And when we fall short of that, we need to be able to own those mistakes. We need to be able to deal with that. We need to be able to ask for and receive forgiveness uh, and and to be able to uh, ultimately in the end uh, to be able to be shaped to look more like the image of Jesus Christ. And so that seems like what's happening here. Um, But there are some people who as soon as someone makes a mistake, they want to write people off forever. And this is, I've seen this play out here at Aviator. I've seen this play out at every church I've ever been at. Um, People who... Uh, who profess to be Christians, and then the second that something has been done wrong or that a leader does something wrong or that their spouse does something wrong or whatever, they jump to this incredible level of absolute unforgiveness. It's totally unhealthy, and it's just not what is modeled by jesus and so in order to see that i, I kind of want to look at this passage it's one of my favorite passages um because i think that it encapsulates the heart of jesus towards the sinner. Um, and it's in matthew chapter uh, i believe nine where he calls uh, matthew to be a disciple so this is matthew's recounting of how jesus called matthew to be a disciple it says this: As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, "Follow me." And he rose and followed him. So a lot happens there. And again, sometimes we read the Bible monotonous. So let's make sure we understand what's going on. Matthew is sitting in the tax booth. He's collecting taxes from the people. Um, if you know anything about Bible one oh one, you know that the people hate the tax collectors, and the reason for that is because the people who are tax collectors are working for the Roman government, basically to exhort. Uh, 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 not to exhort, um, extort, uh, basically to steal money from the Jewish people, uh, oftentimes way more than is necessary. The taxes were oftentimes onerous on uh, the Jewish people. And and so these are people who are collecting money of their their own community to give to the Romans um, and, and reporting to the Romans who's not paying their taxes and whatnot. So there's a lot of hatred. Well, let's just, let's just do this. How many of you love your IRS agents. Anybody? Yeah, big swing and a miss. And so this is Matthew sitting in the tax booth. And and as far as the people are concerned, and we're going to see this here in a minute, (coughs) excuse me, they refer to Matthew as a sinner. Um, It's somebody who is outside of the ritual laws of the Pharisees. Um, and uh, Jesus doesn't call Matthew like from his home after a long day of work. He literally walks right up to the place where the people would say, this man is wicked and terrible for even being in that tax booth. He walks up to Matthew in the tax booth and doesn't just say, hey, how you doing? He says, hey, why don't you come follow me and be a disciple of mine? Now, we don't know to what degree Matthew knew of Jesus. We can assume uh, probably at least somewhat, right, uh, he would maybe had heard of some of his teachings, he'd maybe seen some of his healings at this point, we just don't know, when uh, we can't speak to where Matthew had seen Jesus before, but what we know is this, he knows enough about who Jesus is, and he knows enough about what his life is, that when Jesus says, come follow me, he walks away from a lucrative job where he's making a ton of money, and where he's absolutely hated, and he says, I'm following this guy, so he follows him. Uh, now, Luke would imply that in this story, this, this likely happens in Matthew's house, Matthew 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 doesn't say that specifically, Um, but basically they go to dinner, and it says this in verse 10, and as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners, and again, that sinners is kind of code for anybody who would be outside of the pharisaical understandings of righteousness. Um, but anyways, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why is Jesus associating with these terrible people who do awful things? And and really, that is a Twitter-level response right there. That they're saying, you know, this person did something bad, so what should we do? Cancel them forever. And they should never be let back Like, they are awful people. They're dirty people. They're sinful people. Who has any use for them whatsoever? And Jesus very, very vocally by just being with them and investing his time with them is saying, I have a use for them. I see value in them. And so they're asking the disciples, why does your teacher eat with these filthy tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, Jesus was the one who responded. And he said this, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick and I think Luke had said uh, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but it's the sick right legitimately what he's saying is this when these sinners are willing to recognize that they are in fact need of saving that they need uh, a better plan like like those are the people who are who are welcome here. Those are the people who are going to be, uh, as, as he says in other places, part of the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to be the self-righteous, the ones who judge other people and who say, anyone who's ever made a mistake doesn't make it up to my standards, right? He, Jesus is saying, if, if you're so righteous, then you don't need saving. So, I'm going to preach to the sinners, right? That was Paul's approach in in the book of Acts as he is becoming the preacher to the Gentiles, right? Like he goes to the people who need to hear about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And he says, hey, I've got this incredible news for you, right? Now, what's important there is this. In all of these people, what we're seeing over and over, and as he's talking to the woman caught in adultery, as we're talking to Matthew or to other tax collectors, to, to um, Zacchaeus, the wee little man, right? As we see all of these things, when Jesus approaches them, what is their heart, right? Are they hard in their heart, or do they respond with repentance, And this is kind of the really crux of the question of who belongs in church or who is the church for? Yes, the church is technically for everyone. We want to hear or we want people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's great, right? But as far as who the church is really for, it's for people who recognize that, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I've missed the mark. And because of that, I need Jesus. And so that's what Jesus sees in Matthew and what he doesn't see in the Pharisees, right? That's why the rich young ruler went away sad, but the Pharisee uh, uh, Nicodemus was there at the, the crucifixion of Jesus, right? Because it's not about what you do or what you are. It's about your heart. And are you willing to listen to the truth and, and change your heart to, to line yourself up with God's truth? And that's, I think, the crux of the issue here. When you look at a story like a fallen pastor or anybody, right, who's made a mistake. And and I mean, I know cancel culture is a big huge thing, you know, these days, right? Like once somebody is screwed up, everybody wants to crush them forever and ever and they can never go back and have another job or whatever. I don't think that's the standard that Jesus has set. What Jesus sets here routinely for the church and praise God for this. As, as someone who has made dumb choice in his, choices in his life, I am so grateful for the fact that it's not one and done when it comes to my sin, that, that God's love is rich and, and his forgiveness is profound and his mercy and his grace are very real, that when I mess up, it's not that I mess up so that I can just say, oh, look, now I can keep doing whatever I want, but when I miss the mark, I can trust that my God forgives. And so what I would say is, who is the church for? Ultimately, we want everyone to hear the gospel, but... The church is for those who are repentant and broken over their sin. So, there you go. Uh, be interesting to see what comes out of the stuff with, with Chandler. I will say, I would encourage you guys to be praying for that church, um, because they're going through a difficult season. I'm sure that people are going to be very hurt by this. Um, there's going to be people who have lost faith in their pastor, and that's never a good place to be. Uh, every time I see one of these stories, you know, whoever it may be, um, where there's an issue with a church leader, even if I think the church leader is is off their rocker, feel Logically or whatever, it just makes me sad because it's that many more people who are not going to give church a chance because it's just another hypocrite and all this and that. And so, you know, my prayers are for Matt Chandler that he is right-hearted in this and that he's repentant. My prayers for whoever is affected by this. Um, and then from there, here's what else I do. I just move on because ultimately we've got our own stuff to deal with. And so uh, anyways, I just thought it was an interesting uh, story that was happening and a good opportunity to just be reminded of who the church is for. If you have questions that you would like to have addressed on a next episode of the podcast, please email me at dave at aviatorchurch.com. Again, that's dave at aviatorchurch.com. I'm going to try to do th- – who knows? Listen, let's be real about this. Let me just get this out there. I try to plan things. It takes a while. I'm always amazed by content creators, how fast they can crank stuff out. This is a grind for me. I'm going to try to put one out every two weeks at at worst, hopefully uh, weekly, um, throughout the fall semester here and probably take a break around Christmas. Um, Anyways, I'm going to try to be pretty consistent. So if you have questions, if you'd love to have answered, uh, shoot me an email and we will catch you on the next episode of My Pastor Says. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.